Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast for August 15th, 2010. This is Michael Rosso, and this is the Summer Express, or, and, or, the Summer Vacation episode. I'll be back in two weeks with Dwayne Polkew for our regular Film Photography Podcast. Mm. But today... But that is not a recording of John Fideli. That is the yeah. actual John Fideli. I'm here today. He's back. And Pink Delicate. Oh, he's Lennon and McCartney. I'm Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Lennon and McCartney, Pink Delicate, oh, maybe. Kevin Nebula. Yeah. First we need space, then we need chicks, then let's fill the top with gray. Tickets playing on PJs, start sprinting send all the Kevin, have you ever been on the radio before? Yes. You have? <clears throat> yeah. WFMU twice. Oh. Uh, welcome back, John. Hey, thanks. I, I missed you guys. Uh, well, I missed you. I missed Dwayne even more because he's not here tonight. There's a uh, letter or two here that meant people wrote in to say they missed you, John. Oh, is that right? That's, well, that, that's right. That's very sweet. Tuning in for the first time, this is the Film Photography Podcast, and it is the internet radio show for those people who love to shoot with film. Yes. And that's really what it's all about. It's mm -hmm. about having fun and loving shooting film. And if you're loving shooting film and having fun, this is where you got to be. This is, this is the place to be. So, for shizzle. And so the cool thing is that <laughs> the Pink Delicates, John, Kevin, yes, Kevin, yes, John, yes, are here and they're going to play live. Woo! Live in the studio. Yes, we're live in the studio and we're in the. So what would you call this, John? The subterranean. This is the uh, the the bomb cellar of my house. Yes, I actually uh, packed up all the FPP stuff and uh, dragged it over to John's basement. Yes. Is this considered a basement? Yeah, it used to be a root cellar. Oh, is that right? Yeah, now it's a basement. Are you prepared? What are you doing? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm prepared. Okay. Um, this, since this is the express, many of the topics that I would normally discuss, I'm going to wait for Dwayne. There are some FPP assignments brewing, mm. and that may be a. I mean, I'm, I'm conjuring up some ideas so that podcast listeners can actually participate. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the idea of a traveling camera. That would be mm. great. This is a camera that's loaded with film. That Goes you know, from person to person. Yes, I, I nice. you know via the internet, via email. I make a connection with some podcast listeners, and then we send the camera out. And then with film, and then it travels. Have you figured out the shipping logistics of all this? Well, I would ship the first camera out. I would supply the camera and all the film, and each and a, and a bunch of labels. Yes, and there'll be a little pad in there. So um, I can't figure out if each podcast listener should shoot hmm. one roll, hmm. or should they shoot like no? Frames. I think if you shoot a couple of frames, that would make it more special. I think so too. Yeah, maybe like five frames per person or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's brewing, and also... That would be very, very fascinating. Travel around the world, it would. Yes, it would. That would be great. Come back broken. <laughs> uh, the um, other, other project that is sort of brewing is the idea, the concept, of a film photography magazine. Whoa, that's yes. whoa. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? Yeah. But An I'm, online I'm, magazine? No, no, no. Actual print magazine. Actual print. That's insane. Yes. 
But I'm checking it out. I am the former... What's next? Flintstone cars for you? I'm the... <laughs> I'm the <laughs> former... forms of communication. <laughs> I'm the former publisher, as you remember, of uh, Alternative Cinema Magazine, which is a printed magazine. Mm. So I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with its distribution and getting it out there. Conceivably... Get it into Barnes & Noble. Yes, conceivably... Uh, it can yeah, work, like a selection. and it would be a magazine that features the work of listeners. Great. Like profile, like like grab you know grab somebody you know mm-hmm. right. profile that person, show their art, their photography. Mm-hmm. But then there'd also be articles on you know spotlight on you know the uh, pink delegates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> spotlight on a certain camera, Canon AE1 program. Right. Like wow, there it is. That'd be good. That's you know. a that's a good idea. I, I you should uh, we should ask for feedback on that idea and see how people film photography podcast at gmail dot com. That's where you send the feedback. Yeah, you guys could like these guys are being very cautious. We can we can uh, yeah like embellish the uh, podcast. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. Like, no, 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 John. Take it easy. No, no, no. no. I gotta hook up my phone then. No, I got a lot of crazy. No, no, shit. let's get through the uh, workload first. Okay, what do we got? Okay, well, uh, we did get some letters that said four by five. Four by five is a film format. It's large format. No, no. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's medium format. Mm-hmm. And the consensus is more, please, more about four by five photography. Really? Uh, some feedback on Dwayne and I touched upon. Nude erotic photography. We said, well, maybe we should do an episode on nude erotic photography because many times, Kevin. Yes. We. <laughs> he's, he's got it down already. He's talking has. about Kevin. All right, yes. Nudity. Many times, John. Yeah. We've discussed the fact that you know myself and John and Dwayne have all been involved with these uh, pop cinema films, these low budget films, and sometimes they're the late night Cinemax shows. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that we're experienced shooting nude. Women. Women. And uh, the feedback is, yes, we'd love to have a, a podcast to discuss nude photography because the nuts and bolts of it are, you know, you need a release form. You need to uh, be comfortable with a model. The model needs to be comfortable with you. And it's not really limited to just women. I know Dwayne would like to talk about shooting women. Mm-hmm. You know, there are there is erotic, you know, male photography as well. Sure. Yes. yes. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've so, seen any of it. Yeah. Forgotten film formats. We're going to be talking about uh, forgotten film formats, 110, 126, 127, 620. Hey, you know, can I say something about the nude photography? Yes. There's such a proliferation of uh, people putting amateur sex videos up on the Internet. Oh, my God. So why can't we start a revolution and get people to start posting, you know, uh, more erotic and higher end? Just a gift. Photography. Do they have stuff like that? Yes. Where you can put nude, you know, you, well, but you, tasteful stuff, not just yeah, like absolutely. You know, can you need a password for that to get to the No forums under gangbang. <laughs> the uh, Flickr uh, pages for nude photography, uh, the uh, photographer who posts it uh, tags it as restricted. I see. Ah, I so I guess if you don't have a certain type of account, you can't see that, see. which is the way it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that for is serious. Flickr free up until then, then you have to pay when you want to see the restricted? Flickr.com, you could sign up for free, and you get X amount of space. And then after that, you need to buy an account. So, I'm sorry, you were talking about other cameras and formats. Well, forgotten film formats is a subject we will be talking about uh, in coming episodes. 
Uh, do you any of you guys remember the 110 or 126 Absolutely. film? Absolutely. This is little flat Kodak cameras, the little squished ones. Yes, that's, that's 110. Ones. That's it. It's a little cartridge. And 126 cartridge, were not yeah. too different, though, right? They were bigger, boxier. Yes, much boxier. Boxy, but good. Yes. 127 is an older format. It's a rolled film format, as is 620. So, a lot of requests from from me, us, to talk about workflow. In other words, you take the picture, you get the film developed, you get the film back, and and then once the, the film is back and converted to digital, then the workflow is really whether you're a digital photographer or a film photographer it doesn't matter because that at that point the workflow, my recommended workflow would be the same, which is the scanning, uh, scanning, making the file. Then what do you do with the file? How do you protect your file? What size do you make your file? Yada yada yada. That's yeah, all good stuff. Yes. And requests for back to basics: portrait shooting, studio lighting, landscapes, hiring models which could tie into the nude mm-hmm. photography, Hire, hiring, how to hire a model. How do you hire a model? A model. You know what song that's par- parody of? I have no idea. How do you handle a hungry man, <clears throat> the manhandler? You don't remember that commercial? No. Pull up a chair, America. Sit right down there, America. Swanson's cooking just for you. When Joe gets hungry... He means it. So he goes for a Swanson Hungry Man dinner. Look at all that meat. Swanson knows I'm a second helping man. Over, Dad. You're not the only hungry man in the family. From today, Swanson Hungry Man dinners to satisfy your hearty appetite. Swanson's cooking just for you. They still sell those. Yeah. You really? go to the supermarket and there's like doors and doors full of hmm. TV dinners. There's like a whole aisle of just frozen TV dinners. Hmm. Cool. Hey, I brought a few goodies with me. <gasps> uh, Chocolate? No, no. Uh, a podcast listener, Ian, had sent me an email really talking up what's called the Olympus Trip 35. And um, Is it a trip? It's a camera or a... It's a trip, it's a man. It's a trip, baby. It. Yeah, I want you guys, guys to feel it. Wow, it's cool. Kevin. It's like an old brake camera. It looks like something like one of those uh, war photographers. Doesn't had. it feel yeah, good? Nice. Yeah, it definitely looks like a war photographer. It's like camera. stylish, but it's almost like a not so much war photography as more like a. Skeeter Sellers would use that. Exactly. In a movie. Yeah. Well, the wow. letter from Ian was, "Hey, have you ever, you know, shot with the Olympus Trip 35?" And the Olympus Trip 35. Thank you. Shoots 35 millimeter film. It was. Ma- he was very, very popular in the UK, and I'm not really sure if it was marketed in the United States. But it's amazingly popular, and right now I would put that in the category of cult camera. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's very stylish. Isn't it awesome? What's going on inside the uh, tell lens? You. Yeah, those little lenses. There's like rhinestones like or something in there. The Trip 35, it's a compact camera manufactured by Olympus. It was introduced in 1967, John. There you go. My wow. birth year. And... Too much. It had a very lengthy production run until 1984. Wow. It's a 35 millimeter camera. It's crazy. Uh, during the 70s, it was the subject of an advertising campaign that fit, uh, that featured popular British photographer David Bailey. Over 10 million units were sold. 10 million? Yep. Holy crow. The Trip 35, it's a point and shoot with a solar powered selenium light meter. Hmm. Oh, is that what that is? This is a camera. Oh. I bought so this on. A I got this on eBay UK, by the way. Hmm. When I received this camera, for about five minutes, I was looking where the battery goes. Okay. Looking, I'm looking. Where's the battery? You don't need a battery with this camera. That's and it has a light meter. Wow! And it still works. That camera. This works beautifully. 
Wow. You don't. You have no idea what year that's from, do you? This one is a later model because the button where you you know you take the picture is plastic as opposed to metal. Oh. Yeah. Now there are two shutter speeds that it automatically selects: one fortieth of a second or one two hundredth of a second. Put an A auto. 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 Sorry, he did this to me. Auto. Or you can take it out of auto and you can go from f two point eight to f twenty two. It has a flash. What do you call that there? Uh, you know, it has a flash thing on top. You guys get these guys get restless. Has a no, no, I was gonna try and put special effects. Has a flash bound on top. And the uh, ISO, you, you pick the ISO of the film that goes from twenty five all the way up to four hundred. So Ian sent me a note saying, Hey, have you used the trip thirty the trip uh, <laughs> Hey man, I've been tripping. <laughs> have you used the trip thirty five? So I ordered it on eBay. This cost me about twenty five bucks. And when I got it, really, once I felt it, I, I was became instantly in love with it. This is the first roll of film I'm running through it right now. Hmm. Everything's operational. If you try to take a picture in low light, it will um, a flag will come up, a red flag. It will not let you shoot. Oh, no kidding. So, hmm. uh, nice. When I uh, emailed Ian back and told him I have the camera, he asked me some questions. Like, oh, does the red flag work? So Ian's experienced enough with the camera to know all the telltale signs of it working or not working. Oh, good. So you got a good one. I got a good one here. It has a four-element Tesser lens. Tessa. Yes. This is all from the Wikipedia, by the way. And according to the Wikipedia, the Tesser lens is still impressive today, giving high-quality images. So I picked up a second Trip 35 because I really want to give one away. Oh, that's a good idea. second one doesn't seem to be working. Oh. So everyone hold on to your hats out there. So give away the first one, you stingy bastard. No, this is mine. Oh. I just wanted to, what's a good few words? Is it, is it a good few words to say wax poetic about? Sure. I really want to wax poetic about the Olympic. Did it again. The Olympus. Thank you. Olympus. I did a blog about the Olympus Trip 35, and in the whole blog, I used you wrote Olympic. Olympic Trip 35 like 10 times. Is that okay, also a camera to company read. or just, just a. Olympus, Olympus is a thing. camera company. No, I know that, but is there a camera company called Olympic? No. No. Uh, in the alternate universe, maybe. Yeah. I can't wait to read the comments. This guy's dope. You know what? It's Olympus, not Olympic. We we did receive one knocked email on photo.net. One guy posted that, you know, he's like, you know, this film photography podcast you link to, in my opinion, has two of the most annoying and uninformed hosts I've heard in a while. Plenty of mistakes and misinformation. And run like a radio program hosted by a few 14-year-olds who think they are funny, but aren't. <laughs> oh, really? What misinformation, Mr. <laughs> Well, I, I actually I responded. I don't have the correspondence in front of me, but I will tell you that. Can you give examples of misinformation. Well, look. Okay, occasionally, you know, we're not we're not pretending to be brainiacs over here. That's true. I'm jump me personally. I'm jumping in headfirst into trying vintage cameras. So you know, I don't know a lot about the Olympus 35 because I'm only I only started shooting with it this week. You don't know anything about the Olympic 35 either. <laughs> So occasionally we may give out some misinformation. For example, you know, information about uh, developing at home, about a certain chemical, about how long that chemical will last, et cetera, and so forth. But we're not giving instructions 
how to do triple bypass surgery. Right. So, you know, if we well, make an error, it's not going to be some great, you know. Well, if it's an error, you can either be a joiner and help set the record straight because it's a community and we're all, we're all learning. And like you say, you, we don't pretend to be authorities on this. So if there's a mistake and you know better, don't be so negative, man. Come yeah, on, no, this man, is write it in and then tell us how to chillax with it. <laughs> chillax. I mean, FPP is the place to kind of hang and really talk up and have fun with film photography. It's a place to learn and have a little bit of fun while you're learning. Exactly. Now, I've been very um, Polaroid-centric lately. You know about that, John, right? <clears throat> what? But I will tell you, today, besides the Trip 35, which I am shooting with here today, you know, I'm shooting these guys in their rehearsal. I shot a few shots. I also brought the uh, very cute, which we discussed before, the That's right. Polaroid oh, 300. Right. Is that new? With your Hello Kitty border. Is that recent? a recent camera? Oh, we got all these questions. Uh, brand new. This is brand new, issued by Polaroid in April of this year. Wow. Now, what everyone needs to know, because if I don't say this, I'll be bombarded by emails telling me what I've been told a million times this month, which is... That Polaroid 300 is really just a rebranded Fuji Instax camera. Polaroid is now in partnership with Fujifilm. Gotcha. Because the original Polaroid company went bankrupt. And they stopped producing film in 2000. <laughs> they stopped producing film in 2009. Is that all they do, though? It's just the film and the camera? Or do they actually were they, did they make regular cameras, too? Polaroid always made instant always, photography. Always instant camera. Yeah, yeah. So Polaroid has sort of like been reinvigorated. Lady Gaga is their creative director. Wow. She really? snorts cocaine, you know. <laughs> you know. My mom told me today, actually. No, stop. For tell me. Swear to God. Come on, tell me. My mom told me that she was. Uh, she came out and said she snorts cocaine, but she doesn't want her her fans to uh, indulge in that behavior. Did your mother See. read those rags you get at the? I don't know. She has a lot of pop culture information, though. Your mom does. Yeah. Seventy-five. But I'll she say. she buys like the star and the no, mirror. Doesn't. No, no, she just gleans it. Well, what she really is somewhere the else. Create what the creative director? Creative yes. director, yeah. Can go on the internet and see. You know, I gotta movie. say, I watched the press conference. She's very well spoken. She's not a dope, this Gaga. No, no. Gaga's not a dope. She's not Google, this Gaga. No. But this is not the original Polaroid. Edwin Land, the creator. You ever hear of the word uh, Polaroid Land camera? Yeah. Uh, I haven't. Okay. And Mary Ed Hartley. Well, yeah. Hartley and James Gardner used to hawk it. Absolutely. With Polaroid's one step, you just press one button, a motor hands you the picture, and the sharp, brilliant color develops in minutes. Oh, very pretty. It's the world's simplest camera because of what you don't do. What don't you do? Well, you don't focus, you don't set exposures, you don't measure the distance. Sorry I asked. Or whine, prank, or peel anything, or worry about batteries, or getting your pictures developed. Does anybody remember all that? Nope. They get the one step and forget it. Polaroid is a new corporation now, and they have decided to get back into instant photography. They've done this by not starting up their old plants. They went into a partnership with Fuji, so Fuji is actually developing the film for them, you know, the film products. Right, the products, yeah. And uh, putting together the cameras. So this Polaroid 300 camera, Fuji manufactured this. It's a good thing, right? Because they have good reputation, right? Well, that's the thing. It is a good thing. 
It's a fantastic thing because any company that's helping bring back instant photography to the U.S., it's fantastic. Truly. If a, if With or without Gaga. <laughs> if a child, let's say, you know, a 12 to 15-year-old walks into Target and sees that this camera is available and that they're in a price bracket they can afford such a thing, <laughs> their allowance allows it. Yep. Just think how cool it is. Everyone likes to shoot instant film. It's fun. I don't. Do you know how much they run offhand? I do. This camera sells for $95. Mm. My son would love that. He just took a picture today of a bullfrog with his Nintendo DS. Huh? You can take photos with you that? You can take photos and photographs with it, yeah. Really? The DSi, I think, is what it is. But, yeah. But even that, but that's, you know, that's definitely insane. a grainy photo. It wouldn't be nearly as cool as that. He wouldn't have a physical right. photo he can hold in his hand and put into a photo album. Hmm. Yeah, that's fun. So I know what you're getting your son for mm-hmm. Christmas. That's so you, right. So your child is into the fact that he has a physical picture in his hand. Absolutely, he would love that. That, that means a lot. It does, because all of a sudden it goes on the bulletin board, goes on the fridge, you know, right away. You, you see? enjoy it. Tactile. I People like need to be tactile. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In order to be alive, you need to have things that are tactile. Mm-hmm. So, you know, enthusiasm is something that people catch like a cult. Enthusiasm. And I've been very enthusiastic. I don't know, John, do you remember back in the 90s when we uh, were doing the, all the, the um, you know, the industrial video gigs with the West End? Yes. <laughs> do you remember that I used to pack a, back then I was into health food, I was vegetarian, and I used to pack a blender in my case when I traveled to wow. shoot. Mm-hmm. And I would make shakes every day, and people would, it's like, it's like Tom Sawyer painting the fence. People would get excited. People were getting excited about the fact that I was making spiritine shakes. shakes. Like, oh, you want a shake? Yeah, I'll have a shake. And everyone in the office started eating better. I became very excited about instant photography, and I've gotten many, many letters from listeners who have told me that they've caught the bug. They've caught the fire. Yeah, they've caught the fire, and they're on eBay buying stuff cameras, etc. so forth. Matter of fact, like here's a letter from Peter Nell. And Peter Nell wrote in and he said, I started shooting just this year when I enrolled in a black and white class at my college. You guys have really turned me on to Polaroid cameras. Awesome. Here's another Keep letter. shooting, man. Don't stop. This letter's from Joey Liu. He's from Poochie International. He's right in New York City. He says, By the way, I found your podcast by searching film photography in iTunes. Mm, mm, that's pretty cool. Wow. He says, All of this Polaroid talk made me really want to get a hold of one. I may just have to stop by the Impossible Project store sometime this week. You should. Edit. Oh. <laughs> the Impossible Project. By the way, Oh, no, please. If you need to know what the Impossible Project is, use the Google. The Google. John hasn't even been on the last two podcasts, and he feels that I've talked too much about the impossible. These guys ought to start paying you. (laughs) It's a website? Uh, You see? Here we go. These guys wanted to bring, before Polaroid had their resurgence, these Uh guys were going to create their own formula for a new Polaroid. They came out with this sepia-toned one that was very artistic Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Now they have a color one. Color film. Color film. But it's the wide one, not the small one like the 300s. Gotcha. Okay, good. Thank you, John. That was in it in a nutshell. Otherwise, you would have went on about it for like an hour. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, Joey Lou, yes, I'm glad you caught the bug. Go down to the Impossible Store. And let's see some of your stuff, man.
posted on Flickr. <laughs> Mike, well, how do you feel about uh, the way these new um, computer age stuff is uh, doing camera modeling, where it's almost like they can digitally fake old cameras? Yes, we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that in between one of your songs. That will have to be like a, be a whole show right there. I know. That. Stuff. It probably is. Bear with me a few more minutes, guys. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Here on the Film Photography Podcast. Coming oh, talking about photography all day long. Kodak Polaroid possible too. Let's have my film in the lake. Thank you. Developed. Look for letter. Letter. All right, let's play a song. Yeah, I'm looking for letter. Let's play a song. Okay, what song? This song is um, was written for the film The Seduction of Misty Monday, produced by Mr. Rasso and directed by Mr. Rasso himself. Oh yes. So we wrote this as a scene uh, to describe the, a girl's coming of age moment, basically. This is the opening credits. The so. opening credits scene, and it describes you know what we all go through as teenagers when you're finally starting to get a little bit more physical as opposed to just you know looking at the other person. You're starting Sex. to blossom into that blossom. young man or woman. Exactly. One, two, three, four. <laughs> That letter. What From is that letter? Wilfredo Raguro Jr. Let me let me guess. Italy. <laughs> uh, I don't know where he is. It says I recently came back from the Philippines and China, so he's traveling. Okay. But I don't know where he's from. Uh, Wilfredo, where? Oh, oh, Irving, Texas. <laughs> he's in Irving. Texas. Way off. Yeah. Wow. Italy. Italy. Wilfredo. Italy. Italy. He's from the other side. Uh, he had. A, he said, I have a couple of questions. 
Yeah. And rather than writing him a very long email, I thought it'd be better to talk about it. Okay, good. It says, Through your experience, what has made you a better photographer? That's a good question. What has made me a better photographer? You know, and the first thing I thought of was, what really made me a better photographer was watching Stanley Kubrick films. Mm, that's true. That's because a good one. early on, my photography was a motion picture photography using the Bolex. It's the same difference. Right. I mean, shooting 16mm film... And I was immediately just like awestruck by the DPs that shot, director of photographies, right. that shot Stanley Kubrick's film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, amazing stuff. Of Barry Lyndon. Yeah, that's it. Oh, my oh, goodness. No, they shot that one whole scene with just candles. Yeah. They, I think I think they may, Kodak may have created a special film stock specifically for that scene. I think you might be right. Which is amazing. I mean, it's very grainy, but it's also very atmospheric. Yeah. And <laughs> the films of Stanley Kubrick made me appreciate the aesthetic of a scene and what's in your frame. And that helped me to be a better photographer. So it doesn't necessarily have to be Stanley Kubrick, but it could be someone that... Just looking at another, uh, I guess, artist who does great work that maybe you love and you don't even know why. But once you start to look at that, that, that person's art for what it is... It will help you to maybe understand what it is you're trying to do. Right, I would agree. Now, only lately have I come to appreciate. For example, if I'm at my, you know, if I go visit my parents, my mom can't shoot. Like, if I want to get a picture, like me and my dad, hey, your mom can't shoot. <laughs> she can't do it. If I said, "Hey, mom, can you take a picture?" She's like, oh, no, she'll shoot. No, I'm not, you know, and she's right. <laughs> she shouldn't be shooting. And I'm not talking about a fancy camera. I'm talking about a point-and-shoot camera that I'll bring over. And no center, can't can't frame it, and it, you know it's all it's sort of like a um, you know toy camera or Almost sensibility of you know like I tend to frame things awkwardly now, only be like leaving a lot of space on purpose, on purpose yeah, because I'm kind of bored with putting things right. in the middle. But mom's photography is just you know train wreck, cut off heads, half face, yeah, yeah. So I I, I tend I tend to think that you know as an artist I think you are or you're not. Mm. You know, it's sort of like a mathematician. Yeah, but if she applied herself, I'm sure she could figure it out. Because she's very good at other things. That <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's applied herself to. But once, it, I, I think if you want something bad enough, you just got to practice. My mom does paint. Oh, is she a good painter? She painted, I have to get it. We're from, not talking toenails here. We're talking, we're talking pitches. 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 Uh, well, by the way, Wil Wilfredo also asks, what are important things that you have learned shooting film photography? Can I say what made me a better photographer? Yes. Criticism. For real? Yep. Where? Uh, in school, in college, getting criticism made me want to be a better um, photographer, figure I'll things out for myself. Guys. Exactly. It's that stubborn, like, oh, yeah. Well, I Because I was always unconventional, and I always got a lot of criticism for being, you know, it's like, oh, your framing's a little bit off. I'm like, no, I wanted it that way because this. I'm like, no, that's not what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Were the professors also put you down? Uh, yeah. But I ultimately ended up getting an A in, the, in my black and white film photography class. He saw he saw my way because right. he criticized me, and it made me work harder to, to get him to understand what it was I was trying to do. Right. I wasn't going to change me for nobody, man. <laughs> I will say this, if it's not, you know, if it's not putting you out too much, I will say this, because I, th I feel I'm a much better photographer now in my midlife than I was when I was younger. So, and, and also I put it down for like 15 years. I actually put right. photography down completely. 
and just produced films. So uh, I'm, I think I'm a better photographer now than I was back then. Uh, so, I mean, don't give up. Yeah, I mean, it's just right. practice and also a lot of roles in film, man. The bottom line, of course, is if you're doing it and having fun with it, it doesn't really matter because there are a lot of, there are a lot of critics out there. For example, this is a little bit of a segue, but follow me here. Mm -hmm. I was watching The Beatles' A Hard Day's Night. It's directed by Richard Lester, mm -hmm. and it was a, the film was a bit revolutionary because it was shot documentary style with multiple cameras with a very loose script. And Dick Lester was very free with his cameraman. I recently watched the documentary on the oh. DVD. Hmm. He had the structure, the basic structure, and then the cameraman would be like, well, how about I get this thing? And how about I run around? Or he'd be like, oh, run around here. There's a lot of moving photography, you know, motion picture photography. And he went with it. And when he said that years later, like a few years later, they would play the film in schools and professors would comment and, about the photography in the film of what it was supposed to mean. Mm. And his comment was, Dick Lester, the director was, Using a multiple camera technique, I was able to allow people the freedom to move, to go where they want as far as possible. No mark should be given to anybody. No one should have to hit a mark or sit to the center of their chairs. Uh, it was just, you do what you want to do. We'll go out in the field and have a play. And then we would find a way to turn it into a little sequence. The difficulty with this is that some three or four years later, you're asked to go to a film school in Copenhagen or, or Helsinki. And they put that sequence on for the students to watch and then proceed to tell you why you did these shots and what significance they had. And it's extremely impolite to tell them the truth. So that, that in the end, this kind of myth builds up that you really knew what you were doing and that you had some control over this madhouse. They were interpreting his work as a certain style of cinematography, what he was trying to accomplish with the shots. Right. The boys are running in the field, and that's it. It's face <laughs> value. It's fun. There's nothing to read into. And many times, certainly, John, you and I, when we took a film appreciation classes, right. you know, these professors would go on about what they right. were supposed to be. Right. Uh, Belle du jour. The fog comes in, and yeah. it, it means, you know, the character's lost. And it's like, you know... It means as the clouds a, came in that day when they were shooting. Yeah. As, a student, oh, I was really, as a student, I was really licking that stuff up, and right. now that I'm older, I'm like, you know what? It's BS. It's like, yeah, you get You get out of it what you want to get out of it. Exactly. And everybody, if you get something different out of it than your professor, then that's that's good art. Right. You know, it shouldn't be one thing to be interpreted right. one way. I mean, what effect? What, what I see in photography on Flickr, what is what you know? When I see an image, you know, if it moves me in some way, that means something. I don't care how it's composed. Right. Or you who know. shot it? Yeah. Whether it's an amateur or. It doesn't matter. Amateur, professional. It, you know, if it has the magic, it has the magic. So you know, it's all real about, really about having fun. Well, Fredo also well. says, what are important things that you have learned shooting film photography? And I think that, um, for me at least, I've learned the relationship between the, the, the chemical process of the film and what you're doing through the camera and how it comes out the other end. These days, I find it a lot more satisfying because these days I have control because I'm taking a negative and electronically scanning it. I don't have the luxury right now of doing chemical prints. I don't have a setup for it. But I remember in the 80s shooting film photography and being unsatisfied because you send your film to the lab yeah. What you get back is based on what they printed, 
and sometimes it wasn't so hot. I notice when I look at paintings on Google Images that a lot of times the colors are way different, you know, image to image. It's amazing sometimes. Some are very little dark and brown sometimes. Or musician you know, who's stepping uh, way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Well, yeah, it's just, it just depends. Um, <laughs> it depends on who puts it up there. A lot of people just scan it and don't think about colors and throw it up there. Mm. I always like to go back and forth underneath like album images on uh, Amazon. Right. You see the different like low res and high res photos that people post of the same album. It looks hmm. different colors. Oh yeah, completely different. So I make it like a music video while I'm listening to an album. Like, do I want to buy this album? I'll click on the sample and then go back and forth, <laughs> toggle back and forth. How's that sound go? So I try to keep when I scan. I try to keep it as true as possible. I don't do a lot of manipulation. I do uh, very little. I try not to manipulate it too much. <laughs> Manipsinates. Yeah, I try not. To. I mean, you can have a lot of fun manipsinating, but it depends on what you're into. In that. Yeah, absolutely. I heard from Julie Spalding. That's it for uh, what's his name, Manfredo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's it, Wilfredo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wilfredo, Wilfredo. Guro Jr. Come on, that's Italian, Thank right? You. Hey, I sent uh, Wilfredo a roll of Kodachrome from my personal personal stash. Kodachrome. As you know, I'm going to talk about this because it's so little time. Yep. It's now it's August 15th. the end of the year. You uh, only have four months. No, yeah. you have four months? Four months to shoot Kodachrome. Holy crap, that's you crazy. get the film on eBay.com. I have a very limited stash. If you are committed to shooting it, and actually sending it out to Dwayne's Photo in Parsons, Kansas, it's going to cost you 10 15 bucks to get this done, then send me a note, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com, and let me know that you want to shoot it, and I'll see if I have any left. <laughs> Next episode, I'm going to be talking about a Kodachrome photo walk up in Canada. Oh. I don't have the information here. Oh. But a listener, I'm going to be plugging the photo walk that takes place in Canada. On the next podcast. Great. So Julie Spaulding, she wrote me, and she asked if she can guest blog for me. So I have a blog. Oh. By the way, if you go to the newly revamped, slightly revamped filmphotographypodcast.com, you'll see that it's organized. There are all links up top of you know about us, who we are. Uh, you'll see a link to my Flickr page, a link to my blog, a link to Dwayne Polkew's um, Model Mayhem page. So Julie volunteered to do some guest blogging, and I want to thank her. She sent the first one in. It's not up yet, but it will be up very, very soon. What's it about? It's about using a film-changing bag. Oh, good. Because a lot of times if you're fiddle-faddling with your camera or if you have a problem with your camera and you need to take the film out of the camera, you'll need to do it either either in a dark room or in what's known as a film-changing bag. Very convenient. Yeah. And if you're doing kind of wacky stuff like rolling 35 millimeter film onto a 120 film core so you can use it in a 120 camera that allows you to shoot on sprockets sprockets you can actually shoot on the entire frame mm -hmm. including sprockets yeah. uh, you'll need a film changing bag for that so yes. thank you Julie and uh, it's much appreciated well done well done you have a stack of paper there John the amount of paper I have in front of me, this isn't even that. This is like a quarter. Oh, my God. I have a huge stack at the, at the studio. You're going to have to quit your job. I would love to quit my job. Let me say something. 
very quickly. Let me say... Thank you very much. And I mean that sincerely. Yes. The reaction to the Film Photography Podcast is... Amazing. I've never gotten a letter before. That's, that must be really great. <laughs> really. And that's, you know, after doing the Alternative Cinema Podcast, you know, and getting no letters, except from our good friend, Noel... <laughs> Noel Scotch Anderson, up at 102.5 Fargo, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Playing the Pink Delicates. Yeah. It's John Link's friend, right? No. No. Oh, Sheldon. Do you know Noel Scotch Anderson? I don't. Do you, are you aware they were playing it on FM radio up in? I really was not. No. I, told, I told you. You, you just did. I'm so sorry. Like, I, well, I apologize to him as well, and thank you so much for giving uh, <clears throat> some support. Air, for support, some airtime. Air That's great. John, I need to get something out. About, Uh-oh. About I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I what? It was coming. Uh, well, I have a letter from. Uh, Tony Kwong. Yes. Why is that Tony so funny? Tony's in Seattle, Washington. Because I recently on on uh, eBay I bought a, a Polaroid camera mm-hmm. called the Polaroid Mio. Now, as in Osolo Mio? Now what I didn't know is that a Polaroid attempted with a Polaroid 300 type camera in the year 2000. In the year 2000. When you say type 300, that's like one of their older cameras. Like no, 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 the new camera that's the, the new 300. The new okay. 300 that's right, the right. credit card size film. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they tried it. They, they had a go at it. They had a go at it in the year 2000. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Me neither. It's called a Polaroid Mio. No kidding. Yeah. Does it look the same? I wish I brought it with me. It looks similar. It looks cooler, I think. Overshadowed by the new digital age at the time, I would think. It tanked. Yeah. Our good friend Lance from Belgium shoots with the Polaroid Mio. Oh, nice. Lance has the picture crossing. Yeah, he nice. posts, leaves his pictures everywhere. Nice. Lance shoots Polaroids. Lance. He numbers them with a website address. Lance. Then posts them in a public place. Oh, that's and, good. Yeah. And then if a person finds it, they can email him and tell him they found it. Oh, that's cool. It's almost like letterboxing. Sometimes he puts a picture in like a public place, like a train station, and then videotapes and waits to see if anyone notices. It's like Amelie, but backwards. <laughs> that's great. I never knew anything about this Polaroid Mio. I didn't know what it was. And I've been getting these letters about, you know... Hey, you know, the new Polaroid camera, new Polaroid 300 is nothing more than a Fuji Instax Mini. So then... Either Lance or someone emailed me... Lance. And said, oh, you know, there's also a Polaroid... Mio. You know, and I knew nothing about it. So I go on eBay. There it is. I know it may not seem like much to you guys, you, but... In all your search, searching for Polaroids, you never came across the Mio. The Mio is so was so quietly introduced. I guess it tanked so hard <laughs> that I don't think that there were many manufactured. What size was the uh, film cartridge like this? Like Same. The old school ones. Well, that's little, the little or the newer ones. Little uh, business card size. Business card size. Oh. And the amazing thing is, because you see on the new Polaroid 300 it says use Polaroid 300 film. It doesn't say that you could use the Fuji Instax Mini film. Uh doesn't say that you use Polaroid Mio film. It's all the same. Hmm. And it's all manufactured by Fuji. It's a fast conspiracy. According to Tony, in the early 2000s, Polaroid released a short-lived instant camera called the Mio, which was a redesigned version of the Fuji film Instax Mini. It took a film called Mio film, which I later discovered was exactly the same as the Fuji film Instax Mini. This was a great thing, as I was able to find imported Instax Mini after Polaroid stopped distributing the film, the Mio film, in 2005. 
This was before last year when Instax Mini was finally available in the U.S. You see, it has to do with marketing. Mike, seriously. You're blowing the lid off sure. of this story. It's all marketing. Because yeah. the Fuji Instax Mini wasn't introduced in the United States. Oh. So Polaroid introduced the Mio. And then, you know, when it went away, people who had a Mio couldn't buy film. That sucks. That blows. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, you use Sell it at a garage sale. <laughs> Five bucks. Now, the cool thing about Tony is he continues to buy the Instax film, but he buys them from American distributors like Unique Photo, which is right here in New Jersey. Unique New Jersey, baby. Do you know a Unique Photo on Route 46? I don't. Uh, Fairfield, I New Jersey. Hmm. Freestyle Photo, B&H Photo, yeah, B &H. Adorama. And Mel Pierce Camera. I never heard of that genre. Mel Pierce. Instead of, he does this instead of importing because... He wants to show the U.S. distributors that there's a demand for the product. Ah. So I've been buying my Polaroid 300 cameras. We sold two rolls I've of film. Buying, I've been buying. <laughs> New Jersey. This is a great I've business buying, model. <laughs> you have to be when I talk about Polaroid, I get so manic that really, don't you yeah. think I could be carted away? Yeah, you start Almost. shaking sometimes. <laughs> I buy my Polaroid 300 film from J&R Music World. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell is that? You never heard of Trey Jarrett? Of course, but online? Still, I think yeah. they were like in Staten Island. Or no, they're in New York City, but I buy it online. Have you what? shopped the prices and that's the lowest? Is that why you Nine ninety nine. Huh. Only nine ninety nine. Now do you think that's too high? You get ten shots at a dollar a picture. Pretty high. Like for a child. For Oh, for myself, oh, absolutely. My kids will burn through that in two seconds. Like I get ten <laughs> yeah. pictures of my cat walking away. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh. Not another. Oh. Dad, more film. What a wonderful Sorry, shot of the cat. I don't know. Maybe the film is so intricate that they have, I mean, you know, maybe they can't manufacture it cheaper. Yeah, possibly. What else you got, Mike? Okay. Well, thanks, Tony. I really, yeah, really thanks, appreciate Tony. the letter, just for the record. So everyone knows. The Mio, the Instax Mini, Polaroid 300, it's all the same. It's all made in Japan. They all use You're the same cartridges. You're being used, man. You're being used. There are some angry Polaroid fans out there who feel used. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't feel that way. Okay? It's the way it is. It's a good partnership. Fuji's committed to uh, researching and manufacturing film. It ain't going to happen again with Polaroid here in the U.S., and let's be thankful that the dudes over at Impossible are actually over there tinkering around with their beakers. <laughs> yeah. I guess it comes down to like the more people that will actually start to use the cameras, then the price will come down. With the Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to save film photography, use film photography. My micro-mechanism thanks you. My computer tapes thank you. And I thank you. Hi, my name is Butcher. I'm Brain Chomper. And I'm Gambling Man. We're here to tell you about our show, The Killer Reviews Podcast. Each week we discuss movies new and old, talk about our lives, and every once in a while we'll have interviews like Fred Vogel from Totag Pictures, Daniel Harris of the Halloween franchise, and Charles Gibson, the special effects advisor for Terminator Salvation. We also have special episodes like our full review of the Alien Quadrilogy, a Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, and Clash of the Titans. And we're also very, very sexy. Especially you, gambling. Yeah. Our podcast is available at KillerReviews.com. And if you sign up for our forums between now and 2012, you enter a chance to win a romp in the sheets with Big Butch. Hey 
Hey, this is Michael Rosso, producer of the Film Photography Podcast. If you visit our newly revised homepage, filmphotographypodcast.com, you'll notice that in the upper right-hand corner there's now a donate button. This means we want you to get involved. You can donate a vintage camera, as long as it works, some film, or U.S. dollars, which we'll turn around and put right back into the podcast, filmphotographypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Mike Rosso, and I'm here to tell you about the Pink Delicates and their full-length album, Who Stole the Quiet Day. You've heard lots of cuts here on the podcast, and you can check out their full-length album by going to cdbaby.com and searching Pink Delicates. Their music is right there, ready for download purchase or buy the CD. Check out the Pink Delicates, Who Stole the Quiet Day. So I contacted uh, Freestyle. Freestyle is yeah. where the heck are they? They're on uh, Freestyle's in California. It's a uh, Freestyle Freestyle Photo, and they mostly are known for their black and white chemistry and uh, paper and film. Yeah, Freestyle. Freestyle. I sent them a letter. I said, uh, Hey, Freestyle. Hey, Freestyle. This is Mike <laughs> Rasso. Would you consider uh, donating a Holga TLR camera to the podcast so we give it away? And oh Lauren from Freestyle says, regarding your request, Freestyle Photographic will be happy to donate a whole TLR to your podcast. Awesome. So I don't have it yet. I mean, if you want, if you feel excited about this, you can send this camera. Wow, I'm going to send a camera. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So if you feel excited about this, I don't have it in my hands yet, but I trust that, uh, of course, Freestyle is going to send it. They're not going to... Reneg. Right. <laughs> Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. If you want the Holga, if you want to get in line, get in line. No, to put it in the pot. Dig this. Freestyle's giving the pot. The, <laughs> Freestyle's giving the camera to FPP Film Photography Podcast. Right. And then we're gonna do a drawing. Go. Oh. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. <laughs> Everyone sends it an email. Put their name in the hat. Yes. I got it. Then we put the name in the hat and then we pick it. Fascinating. <laughs> now, if anyone wants to send a physical letter, if anyone actually feels like putting pen to paper, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey, B-U-T-L-E-R, 07405, USA. By the way, we're on the east coast of the United States, for those who don't know. Yeah. The east coast, baby. <laughs> hey, listen to this, John. What's that like? I thought about the idea of having a live marathon. Oh, my God. Because I'm talking about now, Polaroid and the Impossible Project. No, 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 no. A marathon. See, <clears throat> I've accumulated a storage room filled with cameras. So you're saying have like a, a giveaway online? No, no, no. A donation online. Oh, donation. Yes. FPP, filmphotographypodcast.com, there's now a donate button. To donate your cameras? Donate a camera. You can donate film. Film. You can do, like, let's say you have just a lot of cash. Just what about old movie screens? And <laughs> no. Old no, projectors. 
No. No, no projectors. Just, just Most of the cameras are purchased to give away. Out of your own pocket, I might add. And all the, thank you, John. And all of the film I give away is out of my personal fridge, which I bought. So hmm. it's all going to a good thing. So the idea of doing a live marathon podcast where we'd have us and people, I would pick up a camera and say, hey, listen, I have in my hands a Polaroid Color Pack 2 camera. Get some information about it. If you call now, to call now. Yeah, you'd call. They call, call now. Actually, call. They'd actually dial in and, and you know do give a donation. Why does it sound so amazing to actually get a phone call? Because our podcasts are pre-recorded. Yeah. Well, I just mean you know it's like wouldn't you rather do it of you know send us an email? No, live call in. What call if, now. What if a thousand people call at once? I think the switch. Kind of I think the switchboard only takes uh, four calls. Yeah, it's uh, all done online. It's called uh, Blog Talk Radio. Oh, is that right? I'm just talking. I'm, I'm just. I'm just uh, investigating it now. John Link. Hello, this is your host, John Link. John Link has a show. John Link is an underground character actor i was playing the character called the jester and i had to arrest myself who has bit parts and parts you know character roles in some late night tv late night tv movies and he has his own podcast where he yells at his brother and yes don't call my show what are you doing to me john link john link is a really big fan of old-time movies like old-time horror i like the mummy movies like the frankenstein I like mummies. Uh, the Dumont Network. I said mummies. The Dumont Network. Don't know what that is. Toboy the Robot. Toboy. That's <laughs> great. I got to see that movie. So he uses Toboy. Blog Talk Radio, and he, he everyone's just on the telephone. Oh, uh, all at once. All at once, and you can take calls. Hmm. Now, huh. I have a question. Yes. Can your listeners like for the the website for the podcast? Yes. Is there a place for them to display photos like yeah. they take? Flickr.com. Oh, it is the Flickr, okay. And we have a film photography podcast group. Ah. So, so go there and type in the film photography podcast. Well, we need our film and... photography groupies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we play oh, a song? No. Ooh. Sure. One more letter. Okay. Okay? Sure. It's only been two hours since we started. No, listen. I, I want to say that one thing, one thing. This letter is from Aussie Phil. Keep going. Oh, Aussie Phil, you didn't you know, say that. You know about Aussie Phil? No. If you had to do a, a uh, Australian accent, like how would it sound? Ooh, I couldn't even do one. Come on. Just besides this, you all trip on the Bobby. Uh, okay. What how is about you? It's like half Massachusetts. Hi, it's Aussie Phil. Grab it house. A one. Oh, Aussie film. Oh, if you watched uh, that, Aussie uh, film or Aussie that, Phil? That that that, that uh, HBO series with the dudes. Uh, oh, the uh, Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords. You Come know, on in there, boys. You know that uh, NZers, New Zealanders, don't. They are. Hey, they're not about, Australian. Since, oh, I thought they were Since Australian. we're talking photography and we're talking Australian photography, yes. You guys know that in the beginning of Mad Max, there's a scene where they're chasing this guy in a, in a car and they're on a motorcycle. <clears throat> the guy in the motorcycle's got the the the, the uh, motorcycle pin, you know, as fast as it can go. And there's actually a cameraman sitting behind him, shooting over his shoulder. The gauge, just to show you the actual speed. Now that's really? photography balls right there yeah, for sure. That's the real thing. Yeah. That's the real deal. Those well, guys like, did oh, not put screw the back around. tires up on blocks. Yeah, let's and let's gun just, it. exactly let's just gun it and we'll film the, the speedometer. But no, the guy was actually on the bike with the guy going 110 miles an wow. hour down some highway. Yeah, it's crazy. These days it'd be CG. Yep. Oh, ridiculous. So N Z is not awesome. Right. And I think that uh, Neil Finn would be pretty pissed if we called him Australian. Uh, Aussie Phil, is that true? 
<laughs> Aussie Phil, do you know of the Finn Brothers? Aussie Phil, are you a Finn Brothers fan? Split Ends, Crowded House. Where, where are they from? NZ. I thought, you know, I, oh. I must confess, I thought they were Australian. Oh, Johnny. They're big in Australia, aren't they? Oh, Sheldon. Oh, John. I have to go. Hide my head in shame now. So, uh, Aussie Phil spent ten minutes talking to the guy at his processing lab about Polaroid. Really? Yeah. Aussie Phil says, Take me out of the Polaroid 600 draw. Whoa! <laughs> it's like he's mad at us. He's done. I'm done. I'm done with the Polaroid. By the way, this month, I've extended it again. On September 1st, we're going to be pulling our drawings for a Polaroid one-step-close-up camera. It takes Polaroid 600 film. The Andy Warhol camera. It's not the Warhol camera. Uh, I take that back. That's the Polaroid Big Shot. Big Shot. <laughs> and we're giving away... The Ag for Clack. Ag for Clack. That's a nice camera. I remember holding that. That's can you do a, a Kevin? Can you do a uh, Can you do a like a uh, Terminator voice saying Ag for Clack with your reverb on? Ag for what's it? Ag for. It would go like Ag for Clack, like Schwarzenegger. Ag for flocked. Ag I apologize to my relatives. We're giving away an Ag for Clack and a Polaroid. Ag for Clack. Ag for Clacked. I'm for Clacked. Wer ist mein Ag for Clacked? We're giving away an Ag for Clack. It was right here. Aussie Phil wants to take be taken out of the 600 draw, Polaroid 600 camera. Me out of the 600 because he, because he has a camera. He has a camera. So he got a camera. Oh, that's awfully nice of him. Listen, he says, Hey man, I got nothing against you and Dwayne, but I really miss John in the last episode. Oh! Phil, all right. Yes. And he says, What about that Aaron Russ? Yeah. Yeah. Can you do the Bob Hope? That Aaron Russ, I gotta tell you. He says, Man, that woman looks like dot 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 death by sex, and you still want to sign up. Nice. Yeah, she's something else. That Bill is a lucky man. Yes. So, uh, Aaron Rust is Bill Hellfire's girlfriend. Oh. You know Bill, right? I do. Right I, I'm just amazing. He's, he's got a rabbit. girlfriend. <laughs> hey, Aussie Phil. Thanks. Uh, what do you guys want to play? What do you got? What right. got? What's it called? Are we going to do a roll-in or are we going to do a live song? No, do a live song. Just a little ditty. I wrote it, but the um, I guess the title would be When She Came Home. Not really too much. Nothing to uh, really say about it. Just listen to it and Sing hopefully it, you'll buddy. enjoy it. Sing it, buddy. All right. John, I don't know what you're going to do on this one. Oh, we're going to play some little keys. Antique 
it's too thrill It's in the show But you don't know The darkness on the stage The curtain goes away No safety net to save Open the door to the applause You have to write words to be said All these antique words to thread It's in the show, but you don't know The darkness on the stage Curtain goes away That was very nice. I was playing my iPhone. Thank you. Okay. Working on my iPhone. Can you tell me a little bit about that song, Kevin? You know, it's really no story. It's really, it's just, yeah, the song basically is just really about confidence, really. It's just about um, oh. getting yourself out there and just being, because no one likes to be the center of attention or, you know, stand up there and be looked at or get stuff out there unless you're an egomaniac. Yeah, just like believing in yourself and just being able to get out there and having the courage to step into the footlights. It's really what it's about. It's just like having the courage to step onto the stage, even though you're not really overly confident in what you're doing or you know what's going on in your life. Or it's very nice. And has that is this a song that you guys do together? Is it a solo song? Is it a, a uh, smooth sailor song? I think all of the above. Right? It, exactly. Yes, the song has been adapted to many different uh, versions. The recorded songs that you brought to the session. Here today, uh, yes. do you know the names of them? I do, yes. Oh, can you tell me? Well, let me ask you guys a question. Like, how did you guys like uh, get it together? How did we meet? No, how, like, well, yeah. How did you meet? How long you? How, how long you guys know each other? You know, it's weird because we grew up in the same town, but never really hung out together. Because you're true. what, two years, three years younger than I? Yeah, I'm like a few years younger than John, and he was in a much cooler clique than I was. I was yeah. Really but uh, yeah, but yeah, John and I didn't really start to uh, hang out and play music until. I was living in Brooklyn. I don't even know how. I, I guess because Tom and the June to Tom June connection. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we both had mutual friends, and then we. Um, and I heard his music, and I was like, "Oh my God, this stuff is amazing." How How did you hear his music? 
Um, I think so. somebody must have given me some Gwen stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, my, I had an old band, the Gwens, in the mid '90s. And I heard it, and I was immediately like, "This stuff is awesome." Hey, can you, can you give your mic more volume? Sure. You're kind of low on myself my up. Uh, which one is me? Let's see. I am me. I'll crank him up. There he is. That's better. That's much better. Much you better. know what, John? I think I know how you hooked up with Kevin. Oh. I think Kevin was with... Was, I don't know if this is true. You're going you're gonna to qualify. Mm. I think Kevin was with that quote-unquote Newark crowd. Yes. That's true. And yeah. then you knew Kevin. You're like, oh, let's invite these guys to the Meadowland Showcase to do a Christmas song. That's oh, right. That's that true. was definitely part that of it. That is true. Yeah, and they came down and they... You still have that on VHS somewhere, right? They do. I have oh, it. Three-quarter yeah. inch. Yeah, three-quarter inch. Three-quarter inch. It's, even, it's Christmas awesome. time. Back I still the know the song. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, no. Here it goes. Christmas time is here again. Everybody's wondering, wondering what Christmas will bring. Christmas time is here again. Ooh. It's Christmas time. Christmas time. <laughs> Christmas time. We literally Christmas wrote time. it a half hour before know, we showed right? up. Was that right? That's yeah, because I'm like, Kevin, we're, we're like five <laughs> minutes short on our show. I need you to come down come here down, and play please. a song. You're like, right, oh, we okay. We to write a song and get over there. And the studio was 20 minutes from my house, so I guess we had 40 minutes to write the song and get it over there. Oh. Yeah. So from that point, how did you guys decide to make music together? I don't know. I heard um, yeah. stuff that you had done, and then you were getting together. With yeah, we were getting ready to record our first album. And you already had a couple of tracks recorded. We did, yeah. came in about midway and did some drum stuff. That's it. And John is That's it. absolutely amazing on the drums and really helped to uh, oh, go on. and helped to not only that but just as an arranger and um, what's the word? That's not I mean produce him. Yeah, uh, pimp, yeah, just but like, you know like just a cheerleader slash um, boss, you know, kind of do good along and help us to uh, do good or something good uh, to help you live up to your potential. That's why I want to get his music out because he writes some spectacular yeah. stuff. Thanks, People man. need to hear it. So the recorded tunes, give me um, some names. All right, let's see. There's a, a song called Book Fair. Oh, tell me about Book Fair. All right, Book Fair is about, hmm, let's see, how do I describe Book Fair? It's, just a it's about a, a book fair. More really about relationships and about um, trying to deal with your girl's uh, idiosyncrasies, say. Book Fair. Book Fair, yeah. Book Fair to me is when you're in grammar school and like mm -hmm. a bookmobile pulls up. That's it, and, but it never comes into the lyrics of the song. So yeah, just like um, trying to balance, like you know, you've got a girlfriend and she's a little odd, and you're just trying to decide whether it's worth putting up your, you know, should you bend for her idiosyncrasies or should you be the person you are Dump and eventually just let the relationship collapse. Collapse, that's a great When word. did you write that song? That was written, I would say, about maybe actually probably a couple of years ago now, actually. Let's but listen. that's how songwriting goes. You write yeah. a little piece here, you forget about it for a while, and it comes back. Let's uh, take a listen to Book Fair. Sorry about this. I know it's a bit silly. Just a moment. Just a moment. Oh. 
Great song. Thanks. The, the, the drums came out great on that. <laughs> Are there drums on that? Yeah, there is. It's oh, you all a great over. Great job. Oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah, it's you, but only only on two microphones, unfortunately. So oh. it's, it's not as audio pure as it could have been. So does still, John? Pretty good. You come in and record on tracks, but you don't know what the song's going to be yet. It How depends. does that work? Sometimes, yeah, um, usually give him a demo. Yeah, usually he has up. a demo, and then I'll go down and play drums with him, and it'll be Kevin playing bass or guitar, and I'll play drums, and then he'll just throw in all the embellishment on top of it, vocals and keyboards and craziness and it's always like a um, a kaleidoscope of music on top of the stuff that's why it's always great to hear when he finally finishes it because I only get to hear like the basic you know he has the song finished in his head whereas I only get to hear it in a very skeletal form sometimes one of my favorite things to do is to take John's drum tracks when he's not looking and then write a song around them which is a lot yeah, of fun that's very cool that's I just did one cool recently that he has no idea that it's <gasps> oh goody <laughs> Yeah, it's I like gonna, that. It's going to be about his mom. Yeah, the the last song on Who Stole the Quiet Day, uh, is it Blacklight? Yeah, that's right. That was just a drum track. That was. It was started out just me playing drums. Kevin's like, oh, I have this idea for a song. Play this drum beat. So I played a drum beat and did a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and he wrote a whole song around it. Listeners are probably very familiar with that album. So how does that one go? It goes, um... When can I walk you home? Drive your car. When can we be alone? Turn the black light on. There's no one above you. Oh, sorry, I screwed that up. That's basically the idea. That uh, getting ready to uh, shoot some shots for you guys with mm. Olympus Trip 35. Do you know why it's called the Trip 35? <clears throat> no, I don't. 
question. Because it comes with a little uh, hand trigger trip no, thing. It's de <laughs> it's des it was designed for people to take it on trips. No batteries are needed. You don't need to get batteries for it. And it's very small and compact. Perfect camera to just take on a trip. Yeah. Perfect. What else we got going on? Yeah. Let's talk more photography. Oh. <laughs> you guys want to talk more photography? Oh, you want to talk photography, do you? Actually, I was going to ask you uh, about the, uh, the, the other songs. Your favorite band photos. Oh, okay, sure. There's a song called Wake Up, which John, John does some great drums on, which is about my friend's unfortunate alcohol issue, which is really unfortunately holding song? his life back. I think we were calling it Wake Up, I think, right? Is that where we left it? I always knew it as song. Oh yeah, there you go. We, now we, we just said we his want name. To mention and the name. Everyone knows who it is. We, we're not going to mention the name. It's about. So it's about. A it's about a friend of mine who's. Oh, I'm sorry. Severe. Wait a minute. Start that again. Oh, that was not hip to what you were saying. That's okay. He's not going to hear it. He's, it he's too drunk to turn on the computer. Oh. Uh. <laughs> so it's a song about wake up. It's basically a song about someone with an addiction. Yeah, he just he just can't. You know, he can't see the forest for the trees. He's always. You know, he's he complains about where his life is. And the obvious issue is the fact that he's getting loaded every day, but he won't come to terms with it. So that's what it's about. You know, everyone has issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, everyone has issues. Absolutely. You know, and if it's not an alcohol addiction, it could be a drug yeah, it addiction. Could be emotional, it could be yes, whatever. Food, social foibles, Polaroid film. <laughs> Coming yeah. obsessed with photography. Yes. So uh, it's, it's wake up call. Exactly.
John, do you listen to Vince Galza, Idiot's Delight? Uh, I used to. Uh, oh, I he's love on it. FUV now, right? I'm sure he's on the web as well. If he's on uh, WFUV, Fordham University in the Bronx. Guys and girls out there, look up on your Google. Use the Google. Vin Skelza. The Google. S C E L. Don't ask me. Vin Skelza. Spell it phonetically. Did phonetically. you know that Caramel is still getting the lead out? <laughs> like I, I heard her doing the yeah, lead. I couldn't believe it. She's on, I could uh, not believe she's it. on satellite radio. All she the must, New York disc jockeys are on Sirius. Sirius? Sirius. How many times can you listen to a whole lot of love? She plays God, the same freaking song she played. She ago. was on, Carol Miller was on Ooh. FM radio two, three years ago. So if you look up Carol Miller, you'll see that she was a New York DJ. She was hot. Yeah, in the 1980s, early 80s. Early. Famous Howard yes. Stern foible. They, they would battle mm-hmm. back and forth. And she's really into Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I mean, Get the lead out. I'm oh. into Led Zeppelin too, but it's like, come on, man. It's like a two for Tuesday thing. You're playing two tracks. I'm like, oh my God. And of course, it's no no, no B sides or tracks. Yeah, it's odd tracks. It's just the, times. <laughs> use whole lot of love and uh, heartbreaker again. It really is keeping uh, a balance in life, isn't it, Kevin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is serious. Yeah, no, Definitely. you're right. No laugh track here, friends. By the way, I want to you know talk to all the folks out there listening. I went, I went a little heavy on the effects last episode. Why? People Audio effects? Well, I had I had some new you know I have bikes. toys. No, mm-hmm. they're all like little wave files. And I record, you know, I found a bunch of new, like, laugh tracks. Ah. You know. <laughs> you went overboard. I, w- I think I went a little overboard. And, you know, I'm going to make up for it in this episode. And I need to find that balance. You know what I find amazing also? I find it amazing because, think about it, out there in the world, there are so many streams of media to listen to, whether it's television, cable television, satellite television, Internet, internet podcasts, the idea that someone actually likes and listens to our film photography podcast is very huge. Uh, amazing and humbling to me that someone is tuning in Definitely. to hear us talk about <clears throat> film photography. It's really, really awesome because so much out there. Yeah. So much out there and someone found us. And that's where I think it's really fun because people who find us it's like joining us a very small private club. That's right. That's right. We're talking right to you. It is right a private now, right small ear. club. Because even though I mean there are a few thousand people listening, great, but that's small. Yeah. Small. Tiny. And it's very it's satisfying cool. because people are writing in, I'm getting to know people. Dan Domi. Ag for clock. Not only did Dan do- Kevin's laughing at your name, dude. Sorry. Why hey, are you my, laughing? My last name is Neblon. That's okay. the worst, Why? weirdest sounding Dan odd Doomy. name. <laughs> Dan, Dan uh, uh, Kevin's uh, last name is Neblon. So Neblon. His last name. Neblon. Neblon, my friend. Neblon. So Dan wrote into the show, and then when he was in Jersey, he actually came in and was Stop on him. the show. Awesome. Oh, I missed cool? that? You missed that. Ah, jeez. Yeah, they weren't around. You should have like a podcast Sorry, party. No, no, no. People, Wayne listeners, North, North Jersey oh, listeners really? come yeah. up and hang out. It was just you cool. and uh, me and Dan. Mr. Doomy. Nice guy. Was he good? Great guy. Is he going to take my place or what? No. Do I have to, I have to hurt this guy? Or? If anyone out there comes to New Jersey to like visit Unique Photo in Fairfield, I mean, they have like a little cafe in there where you can get a coffee. Hey, man. Is that right? Me. Yeah. Cool. Hey, man, send me an email. 
filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. I'll get my buggy. I will come down and meet you. It would be cool just to hang out. And I'll see if John is around or I'll see if Dwayne is around. I'll see if uh, if uh, Kevin Nevlong's around. Or hang out and have a, have a, uh, a shot and uh, maybe buy some film together. You guys bring the acoustic guitar. It's <laughs> yeah. a unique photo, right? Let's not get carried away. So, the, um, you know, Christine Hickey actually wrote me an email. Christine said, you know, she she was, you know, wrote me an email about Light Leaks magazine. It's like, Mike, you got to try this. You know, go to Light Leaks. You'll love it. And uh, she tells me that uh, Mike Barnes, who runs Light Leaks, is a cool guy. If you guys are listening over there at Light Leaks, hey, man, can you get me a link? Can a brother get a link? <laughs> uh, by the way, Christine, we're not announcing it yet, but uh, we're going to be giving away a Revere iMatic camera. In, uh, we're going to announce the giveaway in uh, on September 1st. I have to do a little research on this camera. Special. Christine did say that uh, the latest show rocks, and she's psyched that the, that you have some other ideas in the works, like a postcard. You know about the postcard thing, John? Nope. Yeah, John's been away for a little bit. Just one show, and I feel like maybe two shows. Two shows. Oh, God. It's a, it's a postcard that features the photography, a, a, you know, a featured image. Like, you know when we go over other people's galleries... Yes. When we go onto uh, Flickr.com, we, you know, we critique other people's work. Well, we'll take one of those images and put it on a postcard. Okay. We haven't done it yet. Okay. And then when someone gets something in the mail from us, throw a postcard in. Oh. Or if I go to the PDN Expo in October, bring some postcards. Sure. So she thinks it's a great idea, and she thinks the magazine idea is a great idea. She says, There isn't a lot out there right now in the film photography world, so I bet folks would snatch it up uh, wherever you plan to put it. Uh, hey, she says, Make sure you, you bring some press kits to the PDN show. You know what, Christine? You are absolutely correct. If you guys are still thinking about a road trip to Duane's and want to make a stop in North Carolina, you should stop by lightfactory.org. The Light Factory Museum and Photography of Film in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, she says that... I figured you'd love it because you're into film and photography. Yes. Thank you, Christine. Kevin, man, what's going on? Road trip to uh, Dwayne's would be cool. What's, okay. an, what's another tune on there? All right. I have a song called Longing for London. It's about a girl whose uh, her mind is in England, basically, is what it's about. She's just kind of... Uh, she's got the bug. What she's is interested in the, that city and the whole scene over there, and that's where her heart is. Is there anything that... Like, do you talk to people, and that inspires you to write the song? Is it, like, vaguely about someone who's real, or... Uh, it fantasy. can be. It can be a lot of times. Sometimes it'll be deeply personal. Other times it'll just be, you know, off the top of my head, or just like thinking about random, not so much, uh, you know, just not abstract thoughts, but uh, you know, just kind of a, a loose idea, and just kind of write lyrics around that. Seem like a very romantic guy. Uh, yes, most definitely. That's great. Just got my girl some flowers the other day, and wow. I bought them when she least expects it. That's the, that's the key. I never do it on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't do it on Valentine's Day. I do it like a Tuesday at 10 in the morning when she least expects oh, to flowers. Because I love you. That's baby. right. It blows her mind every wow. time. Did you have sex that night on her? <laughs> <laughs> on her? <laughs> um, I heard that on Family Guy. That's good. She wanted to have sex on me. <laughs> Seems to me I that we could. I hope so. I think do, I did. Like, if someone needed some uh, advice in a relationship, you might be able to answer it. I, I might be able to. Yeah. Mm, it could be mm -hmm. a whole new segment for the film photography. Could be. Could be. Podcast. Yeah. If you uh, folks out Kevin. there, <laughs> dear Kevin, anyone out there has? Well, I uh, dropped my camera during. If anyone out there has a question about like a relationship, my boyfriend's lens is not so big. <laughs> <laughs> or how to put a relationship into a song. Well, I think a lot of, you know, uh, I get a sense that a lot of photographers, film photographers, maybe their significant other really is not into it, mm. and the significant other can't get it, you know. Mine can. 
Really? Yeah. She doesn't know if I'm shooting photos of my kids with a 35 or a digital. Well, not even that. Well, there have been a lot of complaints I've seen on the web and on eBay, guys. Like, hey, I'm selling all my film because it's been in the fridge and my wife wants it out. Oh, out of the fridge. So so we will be taking letters for Kevin about relationships. It could be a short segment. Relationships and core changes. It could be, uh, you know, it could be a five-minute segment per show. If you have a question about chord changes, or you do you have, have you if you well, you a G major from a D flat, <laughs> if you've picked up a guitar or a keyboard, someone has a question music related, you'll you'll feel that. If you've ever taken a picture of an instrument, what about if someone? What about if, if a listener writes a song with no lyrics? Can you can just like we want to pass around a camera? Can someone send in some music and then we'll you'll add the lyrics to it? Oh, I that's can. Fun. That's fun, that right? Fun. That's a lot of fun. So you're like the Jim Morrison of the group. Did Jim do that? Well, Jim was the, the wordsmith. He was the wordsmith, yeah. I love hearing Ray Manzarek talk about Jim Morrison. Yeah, man, he was a shaman. Yeah, he's like, I met him on the beach, and he had these words. I mean, he's... Ray talks with such conviction. Ray Manzarek he of the really Doors. He really knew Jim Morrison. That's yeah. Why. He knew the real Jim Morrison that a lot of people didn't. I was at the Chiller Convention a few years ago, and I, was, I went to the bar after hours, and here's Ray Manzarek. Sitting there. At the bar? At the bar. Was he talking to people? Was he yeah. Loaded? He's very cool. Yeah, I bet he was. Hmm. I really like the doors. Dude, go right up to him and punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. That's like, what side two of your third album. <laughs> I, was, I have to tell you, Kevin, I was really shattered when John told me that when he was with his band Salad Days, that he played a gig at Maxwell's in Hoboken, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and John Cale. That's right. I remember that very night. You know why I remember that very deeply? Why? Because I also had a gig the same stupid night, but like down, you know, at some right horrible. Down the street. <laughs> yeah, right down the street, some horrible uh, joint. And John was dissing John Cale, like, you know, wasn't very friendly. He was kind of a per. You know what? He's John Cale. I didn't know who he was at that point. Or, you know what? But just because you are somebody doesn't yeah, mean doesn't that mean you should be, a be that person in prick yeah. He wasn't rude to you. Yeah, he was. He was well, prick. He's John Cale. F. John Cale. <laughs> John Cale the Velvet Underground. F. The Velvet Underground. Okay. You just don't treat people mean. It's just because, oh, I was in the Velvet Underground. Kevin, what are your favorite uh, musical inspirations? Wow, let's see. Let's see, Grown Up Was the Beatles. Uh, actually, a big, unfortunately for John, one of the big influences was the Velvet Underground. Okay. At during, them. The, during the like the early '90s. So, what do you what do you, what do you like about the Velvet Underground? Anything in particular? You know, back in those days, it was just it was different for me. It was like you know, it wasn't the usual stuff on the radio. It was you know, long songs and right. spacey and stony. You know, that's basically it. Yeah. So the jam, it was simple. You could play along with it. Yep. You know, Do you so like the John Cale or uh, Lou Reed solo material? Uh, not so. You know, it's I don't think I've ever heard a lick of John Cale's solo okay. stuff, okay. and F Lou Reed's I don't have too much respect for for his solo stuff either, really. Well, listen, John, it's fine. You have every right to express yourself. I have a huge John Cale. I think he writes I solo stuff. Fan? All yeah. the solo stuff. Mm. He's, he's an acquired taste. John oh Cale. my goodness, Paris, nineteen nineteen. Yeah, that got a lot of lot of. Uh, you know, positive reviews, but I didn't buy it. I couldn't okay. get into it. Mike, you like the Beach Boys, right? Love the Beach Boys. 
You know that song, Tomboy? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's a great song. No, I'm trying to think so of... So misogynistic. I'm trying to think it's of Tomboy is on terrible. an actual released album. I don't think or so. It's just an underground I song. like the line... What does it say? Let's put some makeup on it. Let's put some makeup on Let's put... No, they don't even say her. They say it. So it. Hey, let's put some makeup on it. Wow. Do you uh, know that song? So I sure do. Do you sing it? I don't sing it, and I never will, because it's just... Goddamn disgusting! Is what that is. <laughs> I think uh, it was a track. Awful. It was a it was track a that wasn't really designed. No, I don't. It was never released, John. Oh, really? No, not released. You you gave me a copy of it. Well, I'm a I'm a Beach Boy fanatic, and in the early eighties, somewhere, I would go to New York City to Bleaker Bob's, and I would go. You know, they would have these albums that you'd never heard of before. Unbeknownst to me, there were something called bootlegs, and they had a song, "Hey Little Tomboy." I don't know if it was written by... I would guess it was written by Brian. No, it was no. Mike Love all the way. Oh, you think it was nothing, Mike Love? Oh, yeah, nothing to do with Brian at all. <laughs> are, you familiar, huh? are you familiar with the Beach Boys' Love You album? To get to through the yes. That's great. That's a great album. That solar that's system when, is so when, bad, uh, it's good. What do planets mean and have you ever seen sunrise in the morning it shines when you were born Saturn has rings all around it I searched the sky and I found it so Brian was going through his therapy and trying to get back on his feet. Johnny Carson. He sits behind his microphone. Johnny Carson. He speaks in such a manly tone. Yep, and the cover alone was done by one of the guys from Jan and Dean, right? The guy who got into an accident? Jan, no, Jan did the cover. No, Dean did the cover. Dean Torrance. Dean Torrance. Yep. Dean Torrance did a bunch of covers. Early example of almost like, uh, it's almost like Cubist, but I think it was, was it done with computers? I forget, but it was definitely. Mm -hmm. it, was all, it looked like a quilt or something. Quilt yeah. or uh, that um, like dot matrix. Uh, what was that uh, dot that game you used to put a peg, in, a plastic peg in a board? Light bright. Light bright. Light bright. Light bright. Look like but light cube bright. light bright. Yeah, yeah, like cubist light bright. Beach mm. Boys love That's a good you. Title right there. It's such a bad cubist album. light bright. It's so bad that it is. It is good because it's so bad. Cubist, cubist light bright. It's so like cubist. if you want to hear an album that will just blow your mind. The Beach Boys love you. It's yeah. really incredible. Tracks like Johnny Carson's a great track. Right. Johnny Carson. I mean, because Brian had deteriorated into almost a, 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 a toddler. 
Yeah, I mean, his the songs were written from like a eight-year-old perspective. He lost all his all of his chord structure skills were gone. Was all of the heavy chords from from the um, pet sounds. Pet sounds exactly. The pet sounds days were just wiped clean. It was, just, it was it's it's right back to the Brian yeah, right Wilson. back to the uh, drawing board. It's like going from you know your senior year of high school back to the third grade. Yeah, no doubt. But at the same time, it kind of had some good inspiration. You know, the early, you know, some pure pop coming through. It ain't no Holland. No. Holland, for That's those of you who don't know, is a great album in the stage of the Beach Boys where Brian was not an influence. He's out. They really got it together and brought in uh, Blondie Chaplin. Great album. And Ricky Fatar. Great album. Yeah. So, what other tune you got on that disc? All right. Uh, let's see. After Long for London, I've got, uh, let's see. There's a song called Hole in My Heart. That's a good one. Hole in My Heart. Rocker. A real straightforward rockin' song. And it's about, you know. It is about, uh, what's the shadow man? Who's the shadow man? Yeah, How do we describe it? The hole in his heart. That's right. Actually, I think I kind of had a hint in writing the lyrics, and it's just about yeah. an experience I had when I was in high school. Oh, you, oh, is that right? Yeah. When I had a hole in my heart. Oh. And then, you know, like your girlfriend breaks up with you, and that gives you license to just go out and get completely wasted and smoke cigarettes and all eat at McDonald's that. and vomit. Vomit. And people are like, hey, man, he, his girlfriend just broke up with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, uh, man. It's cool. It's funny when you're really young how dramatic you get when oh, something yeah, like that so happens. Dramatic. And how when you're my age and single and, you know. You're just like, happens. ah, another one bites the dust. You're like, ah, well, tomorrow, you know, I'll get back on the computer. Get a box of Twinkies <laughs> and get on the computer. No, I'm off Twinkies, dude. I didn't say you. I'm just saying. Okay. Home, are there other songs? There is. Okay. Let me wait, wait. Before, a second. We, before we talk about another song. Mm -hmm. I live far beyond my means I need a change of scene She screams in smoke signal goodbyes Through watery eyes
maybe is it possible to try to see uh, to hear what exactly is going on with that iPhone? With my iPhone? Because I, yeah, folks out there, uh, there's been a lot of um, no, app crazy. There's been a lot of uh, talk, chat on the internet, especially even in Flickr, because iPhone, which is Mac. Macintosh iPhone has initiated what's called apps or applications where they're putting film-like qualities Tons of them. into Tons of a digital phone, mm -hmm. like uh, Shake It, Polaroid Shake It. Well, it's called Polar Shake It. Oh, right. They're not using the P word, Polaroid. And I told John before we started rolling today, I told him about the uh, Poladroid.com. It's a website where you can ah. take a JPEG. Drop it in this free software, and it looks like a Polaroid. Looks like a Polaroid, wow. and they were trying to get in cahoots with the Apple people to give an application for it. Hmm. Didn't go well. The Apple people felt that uh, they'd be sued by Polaroid. I would imagine so. So they did something on their own called what is it actually called? You looking it up? No. Do you I have it? Uh, no. You know what? So in other I've been words, the, guy left. the music apps. I have not even gotten into the photography apps yet. No, you know, I kind it's of crazy. I kind of feel that the photography apps are a good thing because it gets young people interested in photography. Absolutely. And then somewhere along the never, line, they would never, they would never know there are all these different cameras. They would have no idea. But I think it'll get them to understand the limitations of trying to take cool pictures on your phone <laughs> and get them maybe go back to you know because I sometimes buy a camera. I'll, I'll listen to a, a band. That'll be replicating a era of music. Era, era. And I'll listen to that band and be like, oh, it's great. But that will always bring me back to the original. I'll always want to go, hey, man, let me check out the original band that they're kind of riffing on. So I think, you know, people doing all these things and having access to all these applications will make them want to go back and explore the real thing. Truly. Because it makes me want it. Because, you know, the, the fun and fascination of doing stuff with, in, within a film camera or in a dark room and kind of flying by the seat of your pants, not really knowing what you're going to get, you know, and maybe that'll get people to want to really invest themselves into it. <laughs> you know, anyone out there who is a digital photographer who wants to try film photography, there's so many opportunities via eBay. So many. What, how's, that, how's that sound? This thing's awesome, isn't it? On John's iPhone, you have the Hipstamatic, right? Hipstamatic? Nope, not yet. Like oh. I said, I haven't gotten into downloading. But you, uh, you can actually play music out of that? Yeah, I can play synthesizers. Oh. I have an application that Brian Eno was key in. Uh, do you have hey my man, pot down? Where is uh, Todd Rundgren in this whole scene? I don't know. He's missing. He'll be there. He should do that. This is an application built by Brian Eno that... It's just a blank pad, and you touch the keypad anywhere. You touch it anywhere, it creates music, and it loops it. And you can make the loop as long or short as you want, and you can touch it at any point, and it just gives little blooms of the notes. And it just repeats, sort of like his Thursday afternoon album. Can you, like, outside of the iPhone, can you get this anywhere else? Like, nope. the record? Really? I, it's iPad and iPhone only. I mean, I don't know if it's available for other... Uh, I don't know if it's available for like other phones. Are there professionals that are incorporating That's these so sounds cool. into music? Oh, I'm sure. Not yet, but you can. I mean, check out this synthesizer I got. Oh, yeah. Ready? Is the Eno app like? Does the Eno app tie into any chords? Or it's random. It's totally random. You touch the screen. This the screen is so it's it's 
wherever you touch it, something happens. So if you touch it up high on the on the uh, pat on the screen, it'll create a high note. Low will create a low note. Right. But it's all keyed into different scales, so you can't hit a wrong note. Right. Because it's all like you know within a diatonic scale or a chromatic scale or something. So whatever you hit, it'll be in within that scale and it'll sound right. Very it's nice. music for dummies. And there's a lot of applications for that. There's a lot of applications for the film camera in here or the video camera. Yes. Give you film effects. There's a lot of apps for the camera to give you film effects. The Pola, Shake It, the Helga. There's, uh, I'm sure there's somebody doing like a uh, Kodachrome type right. application for it to make the colors really smack. I, you sent me a link on Flickr of people that were using the uh, Pola Shake. Crazy pictures oh, yeah, coming yeah. from a freaking phone. Yeah. Yeah, the phone is revolutionary. This phone is as important as the television, as an invention. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it's all in your hand. You think it's only the beginning? Oh, True. definitely. Apparently, too, like, you know, a friend of mine just got some new phones, was complaining just that the, the, the Mac phones are just, you know, there's, there's other phones out there that do even more than what these guys do. Oh, is that right? There yeah. probably are. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, there are phones that do Internet better. There are phones that do... Uh, Photography, I think, and video better. Can you get out to a website on that phone or no? Yeah, I, got, I can do it. I can check my email. I can go to different websites. I can go that to the iTunes stores. I can, I can download stuff. I can download music. Did you have to read a book or you just did it? No, it's it's pretty intuitive. It's wow. pretty easy. But you know, the phone's only two hundred bucks, and the applications are like ninety nine cents. I think the Eno application was four bucks. Oh, four dollars. Yeah. Of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean. You could buy the phone, never get, you know, any kind of phone service. Well, you'd need the internet, though. Right. But, you know, just, I mean, I have applications on here that keep my kids entertained for hours. For real? Yes. I can give them my kids' iTouch. Yes, it's, yeah, the go. iTouch. What's an iTouch? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's an iPod. It's, a, it's, it's a, got oh, uh, the same kind of screen. Yeah, yeah, walk yeah, me yeah, a, yeah. It's a very sensitive screen. Wow. All right, so uh, what other right, song, Kevin? All right, so we got a song called Newark. Newark. Yes, which is about my bachelor days living in an apartment in Newark. I've been there. Where we, we were living, I feel so bad about this now when I think <laughs> back on it, but like, you know, we're in our early 20s, we're just you know, going crazy, wrecking the place, and like below me was a guy who drove a bus, and he had like three young kids, they were probably like you know, three, five, and seven or whatever, and you know, here he had these 20-somethings upstairs just making god-awful noise at all hours, and just Oh, it's awful. Poor guy. What's it called? The song's called Newark. Just about my bachelor days at the old, my new old Newark apartment. I, I feel like a stranger to my old town. Lost smell of the blossoms once so grand I think I have the key but I can't find the door the families have gone are they still mad at us I think they are What 
they put up with such a bachelor pad Stop to skip the records Also a man We were the only ones The center of it all Though it was in our hands The earth rested on the song called Connect You, which is just about um, just connecting my kids to the world, really, because I have two young sons. They're, well, they're not young anymore than 9-11, but back then, when I wrote the song two years ago or whatever it was, um, yeah, just about uh, just spending time with them and just uh, really just, you know, connecting them to the world, just letting them learn, explore, and being there to show them what's what.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and is that it? I think that's it. I'm not sure what else is on that disc. Uh, eight tracks. That was it, except for, uh, oh, um, there's a song called Hide and Seek, which, again, is about confidence, really, at the root of it all. But the basic root of the song is a memory I have of um, <clears throat> me and my cousins uh, turning off the lights in my, my uh, cousin's room and having a pillow fight in the dark. Well, you know, this has been like a real blast. Yeah, it's a lot really, of fun. It's really, really, really cool. And uh, I hope everyone out there listening, well, I hope everyone's <laughs> still with us. <laughs> yeah. It's been a marathon. It's like, they're not talking about photography. They've been on music for a half hour. Right? Well, this, is, this has been the summer vacation episode. So this is a very different format for our usual film photography podcast. I want to thank all the listeners out there for, you know, Hanging with us. Cool, right? It's a good shot. It's really cool. I'm uh, Polaroid. Kevin is looking at the Polaroid 300 shots right now. Awesome. That, took during the po- that I took during the podcast. And, uh, you know, just the, the look on people's faces when they look at instant prints is 
priceless. John's making a funny face because he's not looking. I'm, I'm happy looking at my, Kevin looking. I'm, I'm happy with my posture, but not my hairline. You shot you shot that many photos? Yeah. Holy crap. I really want to thank uh, our webmaster, John, our webmaster. I really want to thank our webmaster, uh, Greg Dumont. Greg <laughs> hey, I knew it was Greg. And uh, thanks, Greg, for all the support. And uh, you know, our first ever, I call it um, FPPV, Film Photography Podcast Volunteer. Rob Nunn and uh, Rob and I were in an email exchange and he's been like really supportive of the podcast and I proposed to him Rob congratulations buddy. would you be interested in writing show notes oh that's cool yeah what he does is he listens to the podcast and then he sends me a uh, word document that has links when we talk about something mm. he'll find that website wow. that's so convenient you cut through so much BS so then I'll post that Rock man, thanks for that. So then I'll post that so listeners can look at you know while they're listening or just check out all the links that we talk about. Yeah, go right to it. That's great because not everyone has the time to do the Google search. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people have very limited time. That's why I'm so thankful that people listen. I mean, they're taking you know they're using their personal time, you know, giving it to us. It's awesome. It's a very it's a very important thing, to, especially in today's society, when everything's so disposable and there's so much coming at you, to be able to have people that are loyal like that. It's very, yeah, it's very a, encouraging. much appreciated. Yeah. A lot of uh, people commuting are listening to us on their uh, iPod-type devices. I was going to say Walkman. That's how old I am. Yeah, yeah. Listening to us on your Walkman. Walkman. Yeah. Rob Nunn's website. Was that robnunnphoto.com? Stop by Rob's website. Rob has... His own podcast. That's right, and there's a link on his uh, website to that podcast. Yes. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks with our regular podcast with Dwayne Polkew, myself, and maybe John Fidelli. Hopefully. Do you want to? Do you guys want to go out with a song? Something you know? Something from your album? You know any covers? Any Beatles? Alright, I gotta do this song. Alright, get the bongos out. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Show up a little few, uh. Take it around. I forget what it's called, huh? You say you will love me if I have to go. You'll be thinking of me. Somehow I will know. Someday when you're dreaming, deep in love, not a lot to say, then I will remember things we said today. Me, I'm just a lucky kind, love to hear you say that love is love, though we may be blind. Love is here to stay, and that's enough to make you mine, girl. Be the only one. Love you all the time, girl. We'll go on and on. Someday when you're dreaming, deep in love, not a lot to say, then I will remember. Things we said today Me, I'm just a lucky kind 
love to hear you say that love is love and though we may be blind love is here to stay and that's enough to make you mine girl be the only one love me all the time girl we'll go on and on Yes, things we said today. Thank you, guys. Well, thank well, you. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for, nice everybody to for listening. listening.